Hello, this is Jennifer Griffiths, Managing Editor of Analytical Chemistry. The volume of the droplets used in a droplet-based analytical device can affect the design of the device and its final applications. Droplets used within can range in volume by well over a millionfold. Small volumes range from nanoliters to hundreds of picoliters. Droplets of this size are used for applications such as DNA sequencing, directed evolution, and protein crystallization. But for more exquisite analyses, such as single molecule and single organelle studies, the droplets must be even smaller. Ultra-small volumes of less than a picoliter are often required for these experiments. In the cover article of the July 1st issue of Analytical Chemistry, Daniel Chu, Robert Lawrence, and Gavrin Jeffries of the University of Washington, Seattle, discuss the creation and applications of ultra-small droplets. I have Daniel Chu here on the phone with me to discuss the article. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Jennifer. First, can you tell me what's so attractive about using small or ultra-small volumes for chemical analyses? Um, yeah, sure. So I think the applications are pretty diverse. It's um, enabling technique to be able to work with small volumes or very small, ultra-small volumes. And um, the best way to go about it is probably just give some examples and some outlines. So um, in in one case, for example, you know, if you look at a cell, it is very small. It's on the orders of picoliters. So if you want to analyze it, for example, label some proteins with some molecules or mix it with a matrix to do certain things, then you need to beat diffusion. And so those small volumes are very useful to confine the chemical reaction. In other cases, you might want to do many, many parallel reactions and analysis at the same time in high throughput in which case a small volume is also very useful. Also, if you look at cells, cells have their biology and chemistry that take place in very small volumes inside cells, organelles. So the chemistry inside those very tight spaces might be slightly different than inside large volumes in a cuvette. So being able to make those small volumes is also useful in that aspect to be able to uh, study some fundamental, you know, aspects of biology or chemistry when there's a very high surface-to-volume ratio. So what are some of the considerations that you'd have to take into account when doing these type of ultra-small volume experiments? Well, I guess there are ones that are um, practical considerations, and there are ones that are more fundamental type of considerations. So practical considerations, you know, because those volumes are fairly small, you can't just pick them up and work with them, so you have to worry about having the appropriate techniques to be able to manipulate those volumes, to make those volumes reproducibly, and then also to detect what is going on in those volumes. When you have a very small volume of femtoliters, you only have a few molecules, so being able to study that is important. And also the content of those volumes can be quite complex if you're looking at an organelle, so you also have to worry about ways to separate out the molecules inside those volumes. So those are sort of practical aspects. The more basic aspect is that when you have a very small volume like that, you have very high interface to volume ratio. So the interface becomes very important and you have to look out for that. You have to make sure things don't stick or uh, not interacting in ways that you don't want. On the other hand, the fact that there is that interface and there is that interaction uh, potentially can be very helpful as well. You know, for example, changing the way that the reaction occurs, perhaps uh, even make it go faster. Uh, so it's um, 
uh, you know, it can be both good and bad, but there's something that needs to be aware of. One needs to be aware of that. So then what are some of the applications of this technology? I think there are many. Uh, the field uh, where people dealing with and working with small volumes, I think, has grown uh, very rapidly in the past few years. The applications is quite diverse. People use small volumes to screen for different conditions for crystallization, for example. People use the small volumes to do chemical synthesis and polymer synthesis. Um, we are using some of those small volumes to carry out analysis of single cells, single organelles, uh, control single molecule reactivities. So it's quite diverse, uh, and the field is quite diverse. And again, I think it's just an enabling technique where if you have the ability to work with very small volumes, um, what would you use it for? So it can go from synthesis to analysis to um, you know any, anything else. So where do you think it's going to go next then? I think that's really uh, hard to project. I, I think what we have seen is that over the past years, um, there's a lot of new aspects of it coming up uh, and new applications where people are using those very small volumes to do. Uh, so going forward, if we look at you know the past few years, I think uh, the field is going to grow very quickly uh, and also into very, very, very diverse areas. We are very excited to use small volumes to do chemical analysis, and I'm sure that other people will, uh, you know, find new ways to use it in directions that we probably don't even envision right now. So I think that will be exciting to see what's coming. To learn more about creating and using ultra-small droplets, we invite you to read the feature article appearing in our July 1st issue. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Jennifer. In the same issue, we also have a couple of profiles of AC papers. In the first, Stephen Powell highlights a new method that promises to make air quality measurements in the developing world easier. In the other, Laura Cassidy writes about researchers who used CE to identify different strains of filamentous fungi. And finally, our editor-in-chief, Royce Murray of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, has written an editorial about the problem of rising page counts in AC papers. We invite you to explore the content of analytical chemistry. This issue and others can be found on the web at pubs.acs.org backslash AC. We hope you enjoy it.